to show you just briefly what the beginning of Mark says, what that parable looks like, and talk a little bit about what it means, and then we're going to worship some more and enjoy our time out here. Eventually, we're going to eat together. Here's how chapter 4 begins. Jesus began to teach them by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it on the lake, while all the people were along the shore. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. He scattered the seed, and some fell along the path, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But the sun came up, and the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Thirdly, some fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Finally, some fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, even 100 times. Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So he goes on to explain it, but let me just, let me just stop and then talk a little bit about it, and we'll look at what Jesus said to explain that. You know, whenever you hear a parable or anything in Scripture, I think we need to look at it from this vantage point. What can I learn from this? What might God want to say to me through this passage of Scripture? So I hope we can all do that together this morning. And in brief, let me give you two takeaways in reference to this story. First of all, you notice there are only four responses, and only one of those four responses was positive. The other three led to something negative. And so my prayer almost every day, and I would hope that all of us would say a similar prayer, is, Lord, help me to be fertile soil. I want to be the one in four. I want to hear and respond appropriately to whatever you want to say to me through your holy word today or any other day, anything else that I hear. Um, Tuesday was 9-11. How many of you remember where you were 18 years ago, Tuesday. All right, virtually everybody that's, you know, probably more than 20 years old. We remember that day, don't we? Do you remember Wednesday, 9-12, and maybe the days to come? As a pastor at another church down in Colorado Springs, I remember that vividly as well. Because as difficult and tragic and upsetting and all of those things Tuesday was, Wednesday began a revival I saw God do great things starting on Wednesday moving forward, actually on Tuesday as well, but especially on Wednesday moving forward with people that began to look at life differently, look at things on this earth differently. We had a, a, a youth program that night, and um, a lot of grown-ups wanted to come as well, and our numbers went from somewhere around 100 to like 400. In one night, because of what had happened the day before on 9-11, it was amazing. And that continued, and we just saw people continue to give their lives to the Lord, walk closer with Him, ask good questions, um, you know, focus on different things than what they had been focusing on before. But over time, I saw this parable that Jesus talks about play out. See, He goes on to explain in, in Mark chapter 4 that some people are like the seed along the path. When the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word and, uh, that was sown in them, and nothing happens. Nothing happens to them. So there were a lot of people that never showed up at church or anywhere else. They didn't, nothing changed in their life. But there were a lot of people that were like the second or third type of soil. He goes on to say, verse 16 of our chapter, he said, Others 
like the seed grown on, sown on rocky places, heard the word and at once received it with joy. But since they had no root, they only lasted a short time. When trouble or persecution came because of the word, they quickly fell away. I saw that play out with a lot of people that, that because of what happened on 9-11, came, plugged in, got involved in a church, but they didn't, they didn't really let those roots develop, and it didn't take long, and all of a sudden, just maybe a few weeks later, they were no longer around. But there were others that stayed longer, like the third group Jesus talks about. He says, some seed, like sown among thorns, some people hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So in other words, they develop some roots, but as the weeds come up, how many of you have ever had a garden? All right, you know what happens in a garden almost always there are weeds. What happens if you just ignore the weeds? You know, I mean, they, they choke out the plants that you're trying to cultivate. You've got to do some weeding. And in a spiritual way, if we never do any weeding and focus or, or let go of the things that tend to demand our attention and choke things out, bad things happen. So that's what happened to some. And I saw that happen maybe months later, but there were people that came and were fired up and really uh, uh, focused on the Lord, but then a few months or whatever it was, but sometime later turned and walked away. But some, and this is where I hope we can all pray, oh God, help me to be this kind of soil. Others were like seeds sown on good soil. They heard the word, they accepted it, and it produced a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times. Ah, it's so beautiful. That's incredible. That's where I want to be. I think that's where we should all want to be. Because as I was thinking about this this week, I thought, you know, we need to remember when we think of 9-11, we need to remember verses like 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 2, when the Bible tells us the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. You know, the people who lost their lives, 3,000 or more actually, um, because of what happened on 9-11, they, they didn't see that coming. Of course not. They didn't have any idea. It came on them like a thief in the night. And here's what I think we need to all remember. We are all, every one of us today, we are one day closer to heaven than we have ever been before. Jesus could split the sky above your head right now, any moment. It could be tomorrow, you know, next week, whatever. It could be at any point, and we need to understand that and be prepared for that and hopefully be ready to the point that we're excited about it, that we would welcome that. But here's the other point. What I want to encourage you to do is that, is to be welcoming of that, to be in filled with anticipation and excitement for Jesus' return, try to be the fertile soil. But also, I want to close with this. I want us to also understand that there are a lot of people, maybe here with us, maybe over there, or, you know, whatever, in the houses nearby, the cars driving by, that are not ready, that do not have preparation plans. They are not ready for his return, and we need to care about them to the point that we would say, Lord, help me to live a life that would make a difference, that, that would say something to others that get to know me about my love for you, my commitment to you, how awesome you are, that I would reflect your love, your goodness to others. So how about this? Will you close your eyes with me, and let's pray together, and I want to give you a little bit of instruction as we do. As you listen to the sounds around you, maybe you hear the children off to your right. 
Maybe you hear the cars driving by periodically. Um, maybe you hear nature sounds. We hear the water. Maybe what we need to listen to most are the silent cries. I mean, in other words, they're not audible, but they're, they are there nevertheless, maybe even being cried by people that don't even know that they are missing out, that aren't even aware of their need. Maybe that's why they're in their car driving by or walking down the sidewalk or whatever, because they don't know how much the Lord loves them. They don't know how much they need Him. They don't know how incredible a relationship with their Lord and Savior can be. And so I want to ask that all of you would join me, and let's just pause for a few minutes and just listen to the sounds and pray for all those around us, maybe right literally physically around us, but also those that are in our area of influence, maybe people we will see tomorrow or next week or whatever it may be. And just ask that the Lord would open and soften hearts, but also give us boldness and courage and strength and wisdom to speak up, to share the truth of your love, of the, of the Lord's love with them. So let's just pause for a couple of minutes and do just that. Let me close with a story. I read this the other day, a 9-11 story. I'll read it for you. On the morning of September 11, 2001, Christina Stanton could see smoke billowing from the World Trade Center after the first plane hit. The second plane then flew within 500 feet of her 24th floor balcony and the roar of the airplane's engines knocked her down, rendering her temporarily deaf. She and her husband Brian jumped up and fled their building. As the towers fell and the debris covered everything, Christina and Brian, exhausted, stopped on the sidewalk and looked at each other, and she asked, Brian, are we going to die? And he responded, by simply praying the Lord's Prayer. She says, before 9-11, I would call myself somebody who went to church on Sundays, so a Christian, but I would also admit that I really hadn't internalized the Bible, internalized who Jesus said he was, internalized who he was in me. When the attacks happened, she says, when they happened, I learned, wow, I actually have no control. And at that point, she realized that life isn't just hard work. God will then bless you and prosper you, and then you will die. She said, no, my whole worldview was totally changed that day. You know, with each passing day, friends, I would remind you again, we are one day closer to heaven than we have ever been before. The day is coming. And that's an exciting thing for those who know the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come. That's the way I look at it. But for those who don't know him, it's not the same. So we need to begin every day by submitting to the power of the Holy Spirit and then seeking God's glory over our own and living for heaven rather than living for earth. 
After the 9-11 attacks, Christina Stanton quit her job as a New York tour guide and became the director of missions at her church in New York. Her husband, Brian, left his finance job on Wall Street to also serve on staff at their church. They decided to give control of their lives in every way to the one who does have control when they were reminded that they do not have control. They chose to live out what Jesus said when he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added unto you as well. So the question becomes, as you think about that couple's example, what are you and I to do today? What might God want to say to us through this parable of the four soils? I mean, obviously we all need to be the fourth soil, the fertile soil as best we can, constantly looking for ways to let God help us be moldable and pliable and receptive and absorbent, all these things. But at the same time, we need to also look for ways to pray for and love other people. Because Jesus' second coming will come like a blink of an eye. There will not be a warning sign. So we need to look for that. We need to be anticipating that. And in the short term, while we're also here, love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's his first and greatest commandment, he said. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. So we're going to do that together. Um, the band is going to come. Why, why don't you all come on up again? They're going to come and lead us in some more music. As Joel already said, um, the words are not on paper for you, so you may not, you may be like me. I don't know if you saw me as I was standing there just loving, listening to the music. I know like some of the phrases, some of them I can't remember. So I just let the Lord wash over me with the truth that I'm hearing being sung, and I enjoy it. I hope you can do the same thing. We're going to lead into a time where we focus on the Lord taking communion. Chad's going to lead us in that way in a moment. But let's just worship the Lord with all we've got. And also, while we're focused on Him, remember to also think about and be open to whatever He might want to do in our lives, through our lives, to touch other people. Thank you for being here today. I hope you enjoy the rest of the music or food later on, but let's, let's worship some more. You were the Word at the beginning, one with Your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you our Christ. What a beautiful